Hi, this is Gail. Welcome to Part of the Whole, a personal journal dedicated to discovery of your authentic self. I talk about embracing your wholeness, the beautiful and ugly parts alike, to define you for you. And today, an episode that I recorded maybe a month ago, titled Triple Consciousness. Okay, so before I get into the episode, I want to say a couple things. Um, This is the first time I've recorded an episode and kind of had to really chop it up because initially, well, my process has been that I will do a rough draft of an episode after I outline it, go back, listen, and kind of edit it, and then re-record. And when I went back to listen to this episode in the um, with the intent of transcribing it, I realized like, I really like the way it sounds and my experience with, um, the episode on love I did, uh, a week or two ago and re-recording and re-recording, re-recording, and then not being like a thousand percent satisfied with that final outcome. I'm going to move in the direction of just recording and not doing the whole, um, transcribing, you know, re-recording, trying to make it perfect because it's just not going to be perfect. So forgive me in advance <laughs> if it comes out a little choppy. I know my doorbell rang at one point and um, the sound gets a little funky at one point, but I think it's a really, really good discussion, um, <laughs> a really, really good episode about some things that are kind of that weighed on me my whole life, honestly. Um, other than that, it is Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening here. I kind of have the Sunday blues. I had a really, really good weekend overall, but you know, back to work life, like all of the adults out there, you probably know how it feels those Sunday blues, but really trying to stay positive as I round out February and round out two months of dropping the podcast on a regular schedule. Yeah. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. So today um, I'm going to talk about something that has been weighing heavy on me for really the past 24 hours. I thought it was something that was resolved. If you have listened to an episode where I talked a lot about, um, being grateful. And I still feel that way, but this is something that I think gets in the way of my ability to fully and completely engage in the world. Um, I mean, there's so many different things, but I think this is something that's worth talking about. So (laughs) I kind of titled this like the curious case of being an African-American specifically an African-American, um, just an African-American, kind of what I call a triple consciousness and sometimes quadruple consciousness. If you are familiar with that term, specifically it's double consciousness and is coined by W.E.B. Du Bois and the strivings of Negro people. And it was written in 1903. Um, if you don't know who W.E.B. Du Bois is, Google. (laughs) But I first read this um, essay when I was at Howard University. Um, 
and H. Howard is a historically black college. So everything we learned was through the frame of being specifically an African-American. And I think that is a very um, important distinction to make. It wasn't necessarily about being African. It was about being an African-American. And this is a very niche um, experience. It's a very niche experience. It's a very unique experience. Um, And it might, you know, it's a gift and it's a curse. (laughs) He says in the article, basically, I'm sorry, the essay about being a problem. The double consciousness that is experienced by African-American people because they are viewed as a problem. Okay. So just to give a definition of how he listed in, um, The essay, Double Consciousness is the sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. And when I was first planning this, I was thinking about maybe the contempt and pity part isn't as prevalent now um, because there are African-Americans who are much more successful. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think... (laughs) It probably is still just as much um, contemptuous and piteous, um, but possibly might be outshouted by the amusement um, of. See, when you're African-American, you're always looking at yourself from the lens of somebody else. You're it's exhausting. You're constantly measuring yourself based on what the person you're interacting with thinks about you, their preconceived notions. This comes with everyone. It's not just when you're talking to a white person or an Arab person or a Chinese person. It's also when you're talking to one another. It's also when you're talking to the males as a female. That's why I kind of mentioned the triple consciousness of it because I'm American, I'm Negro, AKA black, and I'm also a woman, okay? And so that is... (laughs) the the crux of the exhaustion that I feel sometimes and why I think it's kind of what's getting in the way of me feeling like 100%, 1,000% free. So at the time of this writing, um, African-Americans had been emancipated um, and they, they had, uh, you know, the 14th Amendment, et cetera, et cetera, voting, you know, they were able to vote, citizens, blah, blah, blah. And I think one thing that he mentions, Dr., um, W.E.B. Du Bois mentions is that um, at that time they thought that emancipation was the answer okay that once you were emancipated once we weren't slaves everything would work out and clearly that's not what happened and I feel like for myself and many others like me we think that leaving America is what the answer is going to be and that is just not the case so um, I'm African-American and sometimes I will say that um, it's very tricky because my father is Nigerian, but I did not grow up Nigerian at all. I much more identify with being an African-American. And that can get tricky because anyone, I get to see both sides of the coin. I've heard some pretty terrible things from African-Americans about Nigerians and Africans in general. And I've heard some pretty terrible things from Nigerians about Americans. And this is not just on Twitter. This is my, well, black Americans specifically. This is not just Twitter. This is also 
um, you know, Twitter and social media. This is like my personal experience, not necessarily with my family. Um, yeah, actually with my family. I had a relative say something pretty awful about <laughs> Nigerian. Um, I've learned recently. So this is very painful. It's very um, confusing. It's, it's so much conflict. It's so heavy. Um, and then you add to it the fact that the woman, being a woman, that part of it is also, I mean, I'm assuming. Yeah, so I'm assuming that there's a, there is a heaven. I don't have to assume there is, a, there is a heaviness that I can't imagine that comes with being a black male, right? Um, but there's, I can really only identify with the heaviness that comes from being a black woman um, or a black female. So I guess I should say being a black man, not male. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. So anyway, um, just because, you know, at the end of the day, patriarchy exists. So it could be argued that women are more marginalized than men. It can be argued that. Um, and then I think of my people who are queer. Okay. That's another layer on top of it. And I don't have that experience. Um, so I can't speak to it at all and I'm not going to. <laughs> so, but the, the main fact that I kind of want to bring up is that triple part of it. Um, and so it's a heaviness that bleeds into all aspects of life. I'll give you an example right now in the African-American slash black community, you almost feel like your education is held against you. Um, I remember looking at YouTube today and there's um, a video about uh, this black guys who are talking, doing a podcast, <laughs> of course. And I guess somebody in the audience got up and was asking a question or defending themselves. And the woman said that she had a PhD and they laughed. So your education is held against you. Your education is a strike against you, which is a wild, 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 um, Notion because shit, I paid a lot of money for my education. <laughs> Isn't something that we fought for? Isn't supposed to be an asset? But it's not because at the end of the day, like you want to be partnered and most people want to be partnered with the people who are like them, with the people who are culturally like them. And the heaviness that exists between black men and black women is just so dense that I've pretty much kind of given up on wanting to be partnered for the lifetime with a black American man specifically. And that's a hard thing to say and admit, and it might, might be a hard thing for some people to hear, but this is what the truth of the matter is. You know, I don't even know what my heart of hearts really wants though at this point. I guess that's what kind of brought me to this, um, wanting to discuss this because I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. Um, I don't know what to do at this stage in my life where I'm 37 and I am happy with who I am and what I'm doing. I, I genuinely, genuinely am, but the heaviness that exists. So I was out last night and, you know, not even just, I, I can't even speak to it, but being a, being a person who knows a lot of people from a lot of different places, a lot of different cultures from the time I was young and growing up in Jamaica, Queens, where I had um, friends who were from Haiti and Cuba and Chinese friends and friends who are Dominican and they were so they they knew something about like they had such a specific culture um, that they can go to to now knowing people from you know Africa 
Um, the continent is huge, but honestly, like just knowing African people, um, people who are African who aren't and have never been to America, it's a different experience knowing them and and knowing like just their own rootedness in their culture. There's a whole different world that you don't even know exists unless you have been out of the country and interacted with people in their home countries than being around our people. There's a very, very specific culture that they can lean on. What culture can I lean on? Okay. Do I even want to lean on that culture? At the end of the day, I think about the amusement factor of African-Americans a lot, specifically of African-American women. Um, I don't always embrace it. Um, being in America, it's much easier because that's who you're around. I mean, I went to Howard, like, you know, there's all type of black people there and it's just like so divided. I don't even know what to say. It's like when I look at the BBLs, that's embarrassing. We're so fucking sexualized. And I wonder, am I, you, you kind of have to wonder my own embrace of being a sexual being and finally getting away from fucking purity culture and all that other shit. Do I really want that? Or is it because it's what I saw? We're super hypersexualized as black women. And here and trying to date outside of your race is very, very heavy for the simple fact that you feel that you're going to be fetishized and you are fetishized and something I can accept. How can I ever truly love someone? I guess that's the question. Can I really ever put down all the guards, whether I'm with a black man or an Arab man or a white man or a Chinese man, there's always going to be such a danger attached to it just from the fact that I have this triple consciousness. I'm always going to be looking at myself from the way that they look at me. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I don't have any solutions. I don't have any answers. I have questions. I wonder if others struggle with this or is this like super uniquely African-American? I wonder who can I model myself out after? You know, I think about the women who I admire, okay? Um, specifically who I admire. I admire Nikki Giovanni, Toni Morrison, Okay, women like that. I admire Jackie Ina. <laughs> I admire some women I follow on Twitter, okay, for the way that they're living their lives. And I wonder how were they were able to merge their triple self into one better and truer self. That's what we're all trying to do. You know, we're trying to be true to us. But how do you know what your truth is if you always see yourself through the lens of somebody else? That's a question that I'm struggling with. Struggling with while also trying to remain grateful remember abundance remember that things will always get better and you know always I guess and just resting in the fact that what is is enough so is it enough to just be okay with this triple consciousness or can I ever think that it will merge you know I'm a person who believes that you can always get to a higher plane I guess that's kind of what I have to do the end of the day it's how do you get free you know, how do you get free and just get to live? And I guess the answer is uh, one answer is that you just live. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a it's a subconscious and it's a consciousness, <laughs> both parts that we um, that we deal with that I just wanted to talk about today while it was on my heart and on my mind.
because the one thing that I always feel like I'm missing is, um, or maybe that I don't recognize it and I don't want to get into what is the word semantics, but one thing that I have trouble recognizing and trusting is my connection to others and being safe around others. And I truly believe a large part of that is due to the way that I experience the world. It goes into your friendships. It goes to work. It comes out when you're in the grocery store, when you're on the road. For example, I was coming into my driveway, not my driveway, but like the driveway, the alley to go to my um, parking garage. And this guy, probably Arab guy, came out with his car in the middle and he wouldn't back up. Usually people will back up. He didn't even look at me. He just looked away. And I'm looking at him and I'm waving my hands like, back up, make room for me. He just looked away and would not move. Another guy came around. I I don't know where he was from, but he just was like, just back up. Don't even get into it. And I had a decision to make right there. Do I let this man just completely disrespect me? Why is he disrespecting me? Is he just an asshole? Would he have done this if I was a white girl? Would he have done this if I was an Arab man? Would he have done, you know, like, what is it? Do I just let it go? I mean, I let it go. And I was really, I was so upset. I cried about it because I don't want to ever be disrespected like that again. I think a lot of it, you know, is your boundaries are constantly changing when you experience the world through the eyes of other people. And as a person who just discovered boundaries within the last three years, um, that's an exhausting place to be. You always have this pent up aggression. Um, I believe that um, it was James Baldwin who said something along the lines of to be black in America is to be in a constant state of rage. To be black, period, is to be in a constant state of rage where you don't know. I mean, imagine just always being careful about everything you do, say, breathe, wear, (laughs) your facial expressions. It's a scary thing to think about just giving up and not worrying. It's a scary thing to think about just completely being individual and free. And I wonder where I could go in the world where I could embrace that. Thought it was here. Not so much. Wasn't in the U.S., It was kind of insulated in the U.S., I will say. Scared to go back, to be honest, because of the shame I feel about things that are happening in that country. And so this is an ugly part. It's a messy part. Perhaps it's what makes us beautiful as a people. It's a precarious precarious situation to be in. So I guess I leave the this with a question. How do I merge this triple self into a better and truer self? That is TBD to be determined. Okay, that's it. Did it sound okay? Is it come out good? <laughs> we'll see. Um, but remember, life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Embrace each and every part of your whole.